3: In July of 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, a solid album was released. It was yeah. called uh, "Miles" from an interlude called "Life." The artists are Blue and Exile. With that, Blue and Exile, welcome to the library with Timonico. Thank you so much for being here.
1: She thank you, uh, thank for having us. I said, you will be like El Bug, but more hood like I see and that's cool. Like Miles Davis walked in a room and redefined the groove to find jazz, the mood turned, the mood turned. like the note I wrote. Yeah,
3: everything I that you guys know, so have put together, and you know, even like feature tracks and stuff like that, I, you know, it's it's, it's good. I mean, it's like there's nothing that I don't know why anyone wouldn't say anything like bad about what you guys are doing. It's, it's, it's great to hear. Um, so, but what, what's great about it is, I think, is that. I can't, and it's a good thing. I think can't pinpoint who you remind me of or who you sound like. Um, so I want to ask, who, who are? like what drew you to this art and who are your influences uh, that kind of got to got you guys to where you are?
4: Common was a big big influence on me when I first started writing, when I first started writing like introspective verses verses about life and you know everything going on around me as opposed to like fictional raps. It was Common, Common who kind of like made me feel comfortable or made me not even comfortable, but like he did it in such a a cool way that it made me feel cool to to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know,
2: my influences, it's really hard to name just one because every you know, as the music would grow and evolve, my influences would grow and evolve, too, you know, so I guess, you know, like from Jam Master J to Rick Rubin to DJ Poo to Mr. Mix from the 2 Live crew, Pete Rock, Mad Lib, J Dilla, E Swift from the Alcoholics. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, and then just like dope albums is are inspirations for trying to make dope albums you know what i mean like basically like death certificate ice cube uh like water for chocolate common slum village um gangstar gangstar's albums yeah basically that was just part of the dream was to be able to make like a albums that where i produce everything and find my my guru you know what i mean so to speak and uh Blue is definitely that for me and, uh, you know, and this energy just works, man. And I think, uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a dream come true. I, uh, with the, the art that we produce, you know i couldn't ask for more except for more been
1: fat voice be-boxing and talk rhythmically what? when i was 3 and 4 but it came out when i was born i remember one sunday morning michael jackson performed they tried to dress me like him what? next morning before i went to school nobody noticed me but i still thought i was cool that all started with michael jackson i can't describe the attraction but my-
3: I, so i want to actually turn to the album um you know so this track music is my everything um off miles it, you know it it breaks down and and you know Blues history of and relationship with music and, and hip hop, um, so you know you have obviously lyrically we follow that and it's easy to follow. Um, Exile with a track like this, how do you from a production standpoint? How do you, I guess, detail your the, the influences you just talked about? Detail your influences or your history with music uh, to one com- to complement uh, the lyrics by Blue, but also to to tell your story uh, musically.
2: Well, to be honest, like I made the beat right. And I mean, I was like Blue. I went I was like I, I think you know, sometimes sometimes I hear a beat and I give Blue a concept, you know? And so I was like, yo Blue, I think it would be dope if you wrote like about the first time you ever heard music and, and then just go from there, you know? And then uh Blue took it and ran with it and blew my fucking mind was what he wrote and then um <laughs> I took that and then I I laid live drums in the background and I i linked up with my keyboardist and my roommate at the time was a a guitarist and he laid down a guitar and and I was like, Wow, what the fuck? This sounds like fucking the roots or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is crazy, this sounds like a D'Angelo track and I was like that. I was just, uh, yeah, I always kind of wanted to make one of those tracks, and it was very musical, and so I think that was the best uh, concept for it. So in this particular case, um, yeah, that's how that's how I contributed to Help Blue tell that story. My auntie
1: dated and my papa would bang him on the way to the beach. In the middle of the street banging in his jeep Playing me chronic before the radios rocked it so I was geeked when I heard it get in spin, then they changed it to juice and ginning. Nothing's ever been the same since many folks came and went, but the legends remain embedded into my brain.
3: The track Miles Davis is I I think is one of my favorites on the album, and, and the reason is because that piano is real dope and, and what it does, it also uh kind of highlights blues um, voice as that other instrument that you know hip hop artists who uh do it well do. Um, um, Blue, can you talk about kind of what your reaction was when you first kind of heard the track and heard that piano? And uh, oh, yeah, man. and what inspired you to write those lyrics?
4: I actually had just me and Exile had just started making the beat, and Exile did two different beats for that for that song, and uh, the beats were just both of the beats were just very potent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And
2: um, I just happened to
4: have the rap.
2: I was saying you were there. I was letting people know that blue was there while, while when I was making oh, that beat. So
4: yeah, yeah. That beat was dope. And he had a flip on it, but he threw it away and didn't even tell. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> he flipped it. He made another beat. And then, uh, at the end he was like, Oh, I just like the other one. <laughs> I was like, no, That shit was hard as fuck. Bro. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And, uh, and i just had to put the lyrics down to it man and it was uh we had to we wanted to go in on a a Miles Davis vibe you know what i mean it's super dope it was, super, it was a super dope experience one of my favorite experiences um making this record was making the song miles davis
1: legendary producer easy
3: be uh, you know, I had the opportunity to work with uh, Miles Davis and uh, when I had a conversation with him for the, the podcast he talked about uh, he just came up came up with the, uh, well, the he compared um easy he compared Miles Davis and Tupac and how they were kind of similar in the sense where uh, during studio sessions they never liked to punch they wanted to do you know one take and because the idea is like we, you're you're you don't you don't punch in concerts right why would you punch in studio um, for you guys uh, uh, what lessons kind of at all, did you take away from um, Miles Davis during your studio sessions, or even prior to it, that you try to continue to incorporate with your music?
4: Hmm. Um, I love Miles Davis's prestige. I know that <laughs> that sounds funny because he he was on the label, but his prestige was really dope. His aura was really like hard body um, and like godly. You know what I mean? Like with the the amount of music and material that he put out you know and his lineage through his music is more so he his music both and and his music inspires me him as a person inspires me and his music so um miles's influences on on me is has been relatively new probably in the last like 10 years i've been digging into miles davis but um I feel like he's always going to be there throughout my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
3: Is there anything that he's done that kind of, um, you know, changed the way you 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 approach lyrics or writing lyrics?
4: He's changed my ear for looking for pr- certain production.
3: You
4: right. know what I mean? When I look, when I when I listen to certain beats, sometimes I I like you know what I mean. I have like a I come at it as as more as more so. You know from my favorite producers and miles is definitely one of my favorite producers
3: and and exo you're you're yourself on, on miles davis
2: you know i think that he's just um has contributed to evolving the ear of the listener which evolves the ear of the music maker including myself you know and i've definitely been influenced uh from what i've heard from him for sure
3: so, a word I might use a lot with these tracks are like beautiful tracks, uh, and, I, and I have to say one of that really stands out is African Dream, featuring uh, Gabby Rings and uh, Aloe Black.
1: Uh, you know
3: discuss the beauty of and the history of the continent of Africa and what it means to be from there uh, can y'all talk about how this track came together and what does Alo Black and and, and and Gabby ranks bring to this track that kind of few a few artists couldn't.
4: Man, they really they really blessed this track. Um I came with the raps to a beautiful, beautiful instrumental, exile cut up, and I was just like digging the tune and he he threw me the concept once again for that song as well. And um I shot him back the raps. And then uh, Exile took it from there, man. And what he brought back, man, is words can't express, man. Exile, tell him.
2: Yeah, well, actually, you know what, Blue? I didn't give you the concept for this one because you had other lyrics to this. And I was like... No, you said it was one of your favorite songs.
4: And that inspired my whole concept for the record. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forget. Maybe you're right. But... um... Mm-hmm. yeah blue had wrote this whole piece and i just thought it was like um it's hard to explain like it's uh he has a real childlike uh vibe on this song but i think it i think i personally think there's a lot of wisdom that children hold and that uh we can definitely uh always return to i'm I, you know i'm i'm a i'm a silly person you know but i think just uh, you know the the um, the contrast between this song African Dreams and Roots of Blue you know that's like the very like beyond his years type of uh, uh, content and just how he tapped in like spiritually is next level but it's it's kind of the polar opposite from American Dreams which is just kind of like the innocence and and the beauty of of Africa and not you know not the heaviness of it all but although he does dabble in it but he he really as as the music does Blue rode right along with it capturing like the the pure innocence of of Africa if that makes any sense
3: alright actually uh, was there was there stuff that for both of you Was there stuff that um, Surprised you or, or or In terms of working In terms of each other In terms of what you uh, Were able to get out of each other That maybe you weren't able to get Out with each other um, You know Two, two albums the, the prior two albums
2: Man When Blue came back With a nine minute song That Didn't feel like nine minutes That was definitely Very surprising And it Hmm. It was wild to just hear him just keep going and going. Train of thought on Roots of Blue. That was a huge surprise and uh, quite a feat to be able to pull off uh, in in this uh, day and age of hip hop.
3: <laughs> especially, yeah, yeah. Especially with the listener's attention is uh, quite quite short. Yeah.
1: Taking a stand and feeding my fam back when man ate their children. I'm killing other animals just to nurture them. My journey further from my, my people into another culture. I know when my brother's about to come and take over. We made it all the way to Asia and to Australia. They made the passage to the Americas after our behavior. Came home and they started making homes out of stone. Showing tribes around them how much they've grown. Yo, I'm Norma at the end of the start of civilization. I'm shutting it down. I'm setting out to build a nation. And uh, was there
3: anything that kind of surprised you in terms of Exile's uh, production going to like a level that you never thought it would have gone or could have gone?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm always I'm always under exile. Like I always hear his newest exclusive stuff. So I know like where he takes it. You know what I mean? It's not it's it's me who isn't always presenting my skill to him. You know what I mean? Well, I'm always getting beats from exile. So it's like I'm constantly surprised by this guy, like all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So making the record, it was more so like a privilege. You know what I mean? To be like, to be able to like get a batch of beats and be able to just choose from them and, and and create what you know what I felt. You know, you know from the heart. Anything you know, Exile wanted me to come from the heart from this record because we started off with a with doing like a trapish record. On a real dark electronic, you know, hip hop record, and then um, we kind of just flipped the whole vibe. We decided to to bring it back to our original vibe. You know what I mean? And uh, once I got the batch of beats for that man, and and my re- my direction basically for the record, you know, it was on. It was on.
3: I mean, that that's interesting. You said you started with a kind of a darkish type record, and then and then you think of oh 2020 being a total shit show right with the pandemic and oh, yeah, uh Trump being uh the the person in charge right now uh and stuff like that and then and then you then then in this in this album you turn to the record uh dear lord which which is crazy because which is interesting because y- y'all find hope in all this shit show uh how how are you guys able to kind of find that positivity and and, and why not just easily just harp on on the The shittiness of things
4: (laughs) From our roots Man Everything we've we've uh people have given us you know what i mean everything that we've been given throughout this world like gives us hope like all the all the hope we've been given all the you know how we got here the story of how we got here is is, is enough hope to to you
1: know persevere through this madness you know and everyone agree we are a family we agreed to stop eating meat and ban on brutality we destroyed every gun ever made from the face of the earth and we dissembled every bomb ever made to save earth from any further destruction and corruption and we went into production producing everything we ever wanted I dream the world had a harvest that so actually uh, I want
3: to turn to uh, I want to go back to African Dream and, G- G- and also turn to um, the track The Feeling uh, and I kind of came up with I kind of thought of the question that, uh, as Blue was uh, spinning the first verse uh, about uh, I sp- I, sp- I have a kid to live for. I go. I got to find a way to make him proud, especially w- where there's police killing children. Um, and I, I t- I'm, I'm, this is a very weird way of asking. Um, has there ever been pushback from your fans in terms of when you guys talk about or address um, anything with uh, systematic racism, injustices? And I only asked that because I was uh, had a conversation with Superstition, and he was talking about his track black bodies and a lot of his fans just push, you know, you, you realize racists also like hip-hop, right? So, but when you talk about actual issues, they get uncomfortable and they push back at it. Has you, that ever happened to you guys where, like, you guys are addressing social issues and there has been pushback from fans?
4: Man, I believe our fans are, like, the most open fans. Coming from, like, the philosophy that I, I dropped on our first record about know, religion, like, our fans, except being, like, super acceptable to that I think it just they they stayed open you know what I mean and our fan base is just mad open I believe
1: and the fact that I'm broke and my life is <laughs> on the ropes but I got good health trying to buy high hopes but you never know some people lose a lot more and can't get it back and that's why I'm torn I have a huge love for making music to encourage so now I can't afford to record no more I got warrants fighting and that made my life a lot harder not to mention i'm too poor to support my daughter
3: but like so you know go, the blue is the, the the first track on the album and the end uh, and the end is the final track on the album can you guys talk about why blue is the the table setter kind of for the album and then and of course is the final track
4: allow me to reintroduce myself you know what I, mean? I just had to step in with a new intro i love i love intros from rappers i love when rappers rap on their intro you know what i mean to me that's classic and then uh, that beat had a, a intro vibe a welcoming vibe you know what i mean for the record you know it was like progressive like, you know, and and at the same time it was just like it was reintroducing, me, you know what I mean? To the people. It was like a it was kinda like our first record, but just a different a different totally different vibe, you know what I mean, for the intro.
1: And
3: In Exile, is there anything uh, about the two tracks that kinda you wanted people to get out of it?
2: Wait, what is the second track?
3: Uh the, the, the final track of the album, the end.
2: Oh, the end? The end, bro. Um, I think I actually wanted to end with the feeling at one point. And I had to be and until I had to really like digest the end being the end of the album as as per like Blue really wanting it to be the end of the album. I, um, but now I like it because it's like it's just kind of interesting and kind of a an ironic placement for a song like the end because most of the album kind of has a hopeful vibe and then the end comes on like motherfucker you, you're gonna rip your face off or some shit. <laughs> And fucking a bunch of like satanic nuns are gonna shoot missiles at you or some shit. I don't know. That's that. By the way, that none of that happens in the song, but I mean, like it's it's got a completely different vibe to it, and it, it it's a it was kind of it's a weird way to end the album, but it, I think that's what made it dope. So it was just kind of like a quick little left turn and smashing into a wall or like a fucking. Knockout Punch or something. I don't know, which is definitely a different way than we've ever ended any of our albums, if that answers your question.
4: I wanted to end Below the Heavens with a Cypher track, you know, so I, it's always been on my mind to end the album with, you know, just the homies coming in and just like destroying it. You know what I mean? I always wanted that vibe, so to be able to do it was like, you know, like this whole record, like a dream come true, you know?
3: I mean, we're obviously in a pandemic now. I mean, have you got, did you, was there any hesitation for you guys to release the album when you did, uh, knowing that, you know, there wasn't any tours you could do, uh, kind of to help push, I guess, album sales and, and recognition of the album. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We were going to do it earlier, but we had to wait for some kind of records shops to open back up. Cause we did have vinyl, um, so yeah we we waited until then and then and then released it um, but as far as as far as hesitating to release it as per like the state of things right now I think it actually came at a good time you know uh, because I feel the album offers offers some perspective and hope and um hopefully it just makes people feel thankful about their life thus far no matter what happens you know they'll, they'll there will be some kind of a satisfaction regardless or if that i don't know i'm speaking for myself i guess i don't know if that makes sense
3: that makes sense um so I have a few more questions and I really, really appreciate your guys' time. Uh, uh, blue, is there a, uh, looking at, looking back at this, uh, looking at the album, is there kind of an instrumental on this album that kind of, when you first said it, it, blew you away, but then it kind of still blows you away as you can, you know, every time you listen to the album.
4: Oh man. So many of them on this album, the end, I love spread sunshine, uh, blue, when the gods meet, especially true and living. Um, it's so many, man. Uh, and brightest stars, man, I bump that instrumental all the time. I'm so lucky to have the instrumental, you know? Mm.
3: And, uh, exile for you. Is there like a lyric that when blue spit it, you know, in studio session that kind of blew you away then, and it still blows you away every time you hear it.
2: Yeah. Um, fuck. let me try to, when the gods me, that's one of my favorite blue lyrics ever. Um, how do you how do you say it? How do you say it? There was a message from the sea and the sun, and it was powerful. It was a marriage, a marriage. There was a marriage. That's right. i um, There was. A marriage between the sea and the sun is powerful. There
1: was a marriage for the sea and the sun, and it was powerful. The sea told him if he falls, i devour you. The sun told her if she flies, i shower you. One day they both kissed the earth. gotta
4: pull it up. There was a marriage for the sea and the sun, and it was powerful. The sea told him if he falls, I'll devour you. The sun told her if she flies, I'll shower you. One day they both kiss the earth. A flower group.
2: That right there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's dope. That was a
2: dope. It's lyric. just like real you know, poetry, like wow, that, yeah. that's yeah. That's why. That yeah. one always hits me. I gotta uh, memorize it now. <laughs> I swear it's it, it means a lot to me those lines even though I don't have it memorized, I promise.
3: <laughs> uh latest album is Miles from an interlude called Life. Uh, the artists are two incredible artists, Blue Ray in Exile. Right. Guys, thank you so much for joining me in the library with Tim Monique. I Greatly appreciate it.
4: Thank you, thank you, my
1: man. I'm from the sun to red, I took my father's prayer. put that with what I read, and that's what got me here, yeah. So forgive me if my halo seems lost in the land where the dreams fall And the angels sing